today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. You can look like you are a follower of Jesus on the outside, but what does your heart look like? Are you truly a follower of Jesus? You can fool man. You can fool man with the religious getup. You can fool man with the Christianese, but you cannot fool God. You cannot fool the God in heaven who knows all things, who sees our hearts. You cannot fool him. He sees that because that's exactly what he's looking at. Man, you can fool, but God, you cannot. With the right words and deeds, we can trick our fellow man into thinking that we're godly. Pastor Eric reminds us today, though, that we cannot trick God. God sees what is truly in our hearts. If your heart does not honor Christ, then he will not know who you are on your judgment day. Allow him in and live life serving him. Well, let's join Pastor Eric in the book of John chapter 12 with today's edition of Grace to the Hearers. Then you have Judas, Judas Iscariot. Judas criticized, he criticized Mary for what she was doing. He found fault in what Mary had done, breaking or pouring the oil over Jesus. He criticized her. Then we see that Judas did not even care for others. Our text tells us, John reveals, by the Holy Spirit reveals, that he did not care for the poor. He was self-centered. He was self-centered. He took the money from the money box for himself. Judas was a thief. Not only was Judas a thief, self-centered, not caring, and a criticizer, but he was a hypocrite. He was a hypocrite because on the outside, he was one of the disciples. He was one of the twelve. But yet on the inside, he was far from a follower of Jesus. On the outside, these two were serving Jesus. On the outside appearance, these two were under the same roof, focusing on Jesus. But on the inside, only one was truly serving Jesus. Guys, the church gathers and we gather together. A lot of people come in and hear the Word of God under one roof. On the outside, it seems that all people serve and worship Jesus. But if we could pull back, if we could pull back and look on the inside, what would be revealed? What would be revealed within the hearts of man? Are there people who really don't serve Jesus? Who are like Judas? Who, who are only on the outside followers of Jesus, but on the inside, they're not following Jesus. Could there be under the roof of God's house two hearts? Could there be those who criticize the work and the ministry that Jesus is doing today? Could there be people who are self-centered, prideful, only thinking of themselves? Could there be hypocrites saying things that are not being lived out? Could there be people with the same heart of Judas in the church today? Could there be that heart today in our church? Could there be, though, could there be under the same roof, could there be the heart of Mary who was humble, who loved sitting and learning at the feet of Jesus? Could there be those who are sacrificial, giving fully back to Jesus in the physical and the spiritual, using their gifts that God has given them for the kingdom of God? Could there be people who are living sacrificially unto Jesus? 
Could there be people who are focusing to please Jesus alone, not worrying about pleasing man, but pleasing Jesus, not worrying what man thinks of them, but just focusing on serving their Messiah, their Savior, Jesus Christ? Could there be people in the church that are doing all things for the glory of God? Everything they do, they do for the glory of God. Could there be this heart within the church today? In our church today? Could there be this heart? Could there be the people who have the same heart as Mary in the church? And I would like to answer these questions by saying yes. There is the heart of Judas in the church. And yes, there is the heart of Mary within the church. Two different hearts under one roof. But I would like to point this out. This is something that is worth remembering. Jesus was in the midst of the both hearts. Jesus was in the midst of both hearts of Judas and Mary. Just as we see in the text, he was in the midst of these two, just as he's in the midst of the church. Jesus, you guys, called Judas to stop criticizing Mary. By this action, Jesus we see Jesus standing up for righteousness and standing against unrighteousness. Jesus by no means, though, threw Judas out of the house. But he said to her, leave her alone. Leave her alone. Jesus calls the unrighteous to stop. And another word for stop would be to turn, to repent, to turn away from. Stop what you're doing that is unrighteous and turn to righteousness. Stop harassing Mary because she is serving me. Stop it. Turn from that. Jesus himself said in Mark chapter 1, verse 15, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Jesus' heart is very much to the unrighteous saying, stop, please, and turn to righteousness. For the kingdom of God is at hand. It is at hand Repent. The time is fulfilled. And Jesus is speaking that it's fulfilled because God has sent the Messiah Himself, Jesus Christ, into this world to take away the sins of the world, to take away all unrighteousness so that man does not have to be entrapped in unrighteousness, that they can be set free, so that they can have the opportunity to stop and turn. Jesus wants all sinners. He wants all unrighteous to repent. No sin is greater than the other, uh, the other in the eyes of Jesus. Sin leads to death, spiritual death, total separation from God for eternity. Jesus wants sinful man to repent, to stop. <laughs> Our Lord was recorded in Luke saying this, And Jesus answered and said to them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans? Because they suffered such things? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 of whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse sinners than all other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Jesus was very firm in standing against unrighteousness, but he was doing it because he wanted the unrighteous to repent. And to come to have life. 
Jesus wants repentance so much. He wants it so much that he died for our unrighteousness and our sin. Even when yet we were still sinners, Christ died for you and for me. The Bible says that, in, it says this in Romans 5, 6, For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. He died for the ungodly. So God wants the unrighteous to come to righteousness through Him. And again, I just mentioned it, but let's read exactly what it says in Romans 5.8. But God demonstrated His own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So to tell, what I see in our text is that Jesus wanted the unrighteousness to stop. And He wants all unrighteousness to stop. And He was willing to give up His own life to, pay the, to take on the penalty that God has for unrighteousness. He says, I want it to stop so bad, so I'm offering myself up to take that. Please stop and turn to righteousness. Believe me, I love you, is what he says throughout the Word of God. (laughs) Even while you're still a sinner, I died for you. (laughs) Because God's love. Amazing. God's love. Jesus defended Mary. As the unrighteous attacks those who truly follow God, a disciple, a follower of Jesus. You don't have to defend yourself because Jesus will defend your actions. He is the defender. If there is righteousness, if you're following Jesus with all your heart, you're just you're serving Him. You have the heart of Mary and our righteousness comes against you and puts you down and says, why did you waste this? You don't have to speak. Mary did not speak as it's not recorded in the Word. Jesus said, stop this. Stop it. She does a good work. Jesus defended Mary. The Bible does tell us to give a defense for the reason of hope that is in you. The word defense here in that verse in Peter is referring to giving an answer. So yes, when somebody sees the hope in you, yes, give that answer. Share why you have the joy in your life. But as, as unrighteousness attacks you, and if you're living out the word of God, and people are coming against you, let the word of God take care of the situation. Because oftentimes we can come in with our flesh, and we can get offended, and we can start getting angry. You're coming at me? Who gives you the right to judge me to what I do? Guys, let God's word take care of it. You continue to live your lives according to the word of God. He will defend you. He will defend you. And I think that is a good word, especially in the world that we live in today. That we need to continue to let Jesus Christ defend us and to say no to unrighteousness. Here we see Jesus will defend the unrighteousness that comes your way. It might not happen on the spot, although it could. It could. Because Jesus can do anything. Jesus tells us that his enemies will eventually be made his footstools. Because here's the reality is is that the unrighteous, those who make friends with the world, according to James 4.4, that is the unrighteous. Those who make friends with the world, that is the unrighteous. They are not your enemy. They're the enemy of God. They can come against you, but in reality, who are they coming against? God, Jesus So this is something to remember. If you're being persecuted for Jesus, one, count it a joy, as the Word tells us. 
But if you're being persecuted for Jesus, those who are persecuting you are persecuting Jesus. A great example of this is found in Acts chapter 9 with a guy named Saul, a.k.a. Paul. Saul, why are you persecuting me? I encourage you to read that. But as we see in our text, Mary did not have to defend herself against Judas. Jesus spoke up for her. And, in, and, and those in the world, the Judases that come against your work that you are doing for God, let, again, let Jesus defend you. The Bible says this about the Word, which, by the way, is who? Jesus, okay. According to John 1, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and with God, and is God, okay? The Word became flesh, John 1, 14. So, <laughs> the Bible says this about the Word. 2 Timothy 3.16 All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Guys, Jesus is a believer's defender and the Word of God will defend you. Leave it to the Word of God to defend. It will cut to the heart of man. It did mine. Did it do yours? Outside is different from the inside. Mary and Judas on the outside were both followers of Jesus. On the outside, they both were followers of Jesus, disciples, following Jesus. But on the inside, Mary was the only one who truly followed Jesus. On the outside is different from the inside. On the outside, you can look like you follow Jesus, but what does your inside say? God says this in 1 Samuel Concerning picking the next king of Israel, he said, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For a man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Remember, two hearts under one roof. You can look like you are a follower of Jesus on the outside, but what does your heart look like? Are you truly a follower of Jesus? You can fool man. You can fool man with the religious getup. You can fool man with the Christianese. But you cannot fool God. You cannot fool the God in heaven who knows all things, who sees our hearts. You cannot fool him. He sees that because that's exactly what he's looking at. Man, you can fool. But God, you cannot. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 16, verse 15. You are those who justify yourselves before men. But God knows your hearts. For what is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. What you think is good in man's eyes, pleasing man, is an abomination to God because he sees the heart. That verse hurts. It cuts. It makes you examine your heart. Who am I trying to fool? Why am I trying to live for men when God sees my heart? He's the one who I should be living for. Same goes with those who truly follow Jesus. God sees your heart. He sees your heart. In Hebrews, it tells us, in Hebrews 6, verse 10, For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love which you have shown toward His name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. God is not going to forget your labor of love. <laughs> That brings me joy. 
The times that I think that no one is seeing, that God has probably not even seen it, that I'm pouring out my heart and soul to Christ and His work and His name, God's not going to forget that. (laughs) Praise Jesus for that. Because there's many times when you can feel alone and you feel like there's nothing happening, but if you're doing all things for the glory of God, God will never forget your love of labor. Take that to the bank. Because you can have that. He will not forget. That is a promise from God. God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward His name. His name is all that matters. God will not forget your work of labor. He is amazing. The psalmist wrote this in Psalm 128. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. When you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy, and it shall be well with you. Man, again, walking in the ways of the Lord, the labor that you're doing for his name shall produce joy and happiness because you're doing it for him. Happy, happy. (laughs) I think happiness is needed in our culture today. God is so focused on the heart. He is so focused on the heart, not on the physical. Where's your heart? Where's your heart? I believe Jesus is in the midst of, in our midst this morning. I believe he is here within us and with us. Does your heart align with Mary's heart or is your heart aligning with Judas's heart? Truly examine the heart. As Miguel mentioned in Paul when he said it, examine yourselves. Not examine the physical self, but examine yourself, your heart, your spirit, who you are. The core being of you. Is that siding with Judas or with Mary? If you're siding with Mary, if your heart is like Mary's, then you're laboring well for Jesus. You're laboring well for him. If Judas, then stop. Stop. Remember, God has not thrown you out, but he is calling you to repentance. He hasn't thrown you away to the island of misfits. Because you know what? If that was the case, we'd all be on that island. It wouldn't be an island. It would be a huge city of just misfits. Christ has not thrown you away, but he's calling you to stop and come and receive his righteousness. To come and receive the gift of God by his grace. He desires that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God wants to give you a new heart. He wants to give you a new life. Jesus has taken the punishment that you deserve, the death for your iniquity, for your sin. And he did this even while you were still yet a sinner, Christ died for you. By God's life, by God's love, Christ Jesus, Jesus the righteous, has died for you. Today, trade in that old corrupted heart for a new pure heart. One that is white as snow. (laughs) That is righteous in the eyes of God. All it takes is calling out to Jesus. The Bible says in Romans 10.13, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. What a precious verse that is. God desires that all have the same heart under his roof. He desires that we all have the same heart. 
The same heart. A heart that has come to repentance. A heart that is leaning upon Jesus and not upon itself, but is trusting by faith in the ways of Jesus Christ. If you're in need of a transplant, today's the day for transplant. God is on standing by with a new heart. It's in that cooler, right? You can imagine. That's what I see on TV. It's always in a, a cheap styrofoam cooler with ice. God's probably got it way better than that. But he's got a heart reserved for you in heaven. A heart reserved for you in heaven. A heart of righteousness. One that replaces the old man's heart and he installs a new man's heart and he connects the wire so perfectly that there is no air. And now the heart that is new is beating righteousness in the eyes of God. Pouring out his love from your body. It's no longer you who lives, but it's Christ who lives in you. Because that heart that is implanted in you is the same heart of Jesus Christ. Do you want that heart? Do you want that new heart? Maybe you've been walking away and you have that heart, and so it's kind of being kind of slowed down a little bit. But you know what? God doesn't slow down. He wants to pour back into you with His Spirit that living water, that life, and bring back life into you. Are your bones dry this morning? Then cry out to the Holy Spirit, the living water, to fill you again. And He will overflow you with His gifts. He will overflow you with the Spirit of God. And He will pour out of you like waters of just flowing like a river. I don't know how to think about it, but except that... Just like the faucet has been turned full force and God's Spirit is flowing forth. But you, are you willing to take that? Are you willing to take it? And to receive that? Because it's for you. By God's grace, you are here today. By God's grace, you can be saved today. Do not turn away the gift from God. There's no coincidence that you are here this morning. Wherever you are at in your walk, God has a word for you. And I pray that your heart was open this morning to receive his words to you. To those who believe, I want to encourage you with this. And then I'm going to invite the worship team right now as we close out. I want to, I want to, just, I want to speak to those who have a heart like Mary who believe in Jesus. I want to encourage you, finish well. Finish well. Finish strong. Because the work that God has set before you is a good work. It is him who's completing it. And remember this. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those who are, who are being saved, it is the power of God. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Amen? Therefore, when you go out these doors, you are not going into the city of Coolidge. You are going into the mission field. God is a God of mission. And He is going and He is pursuing the hearts of man today. And women. And children. It's Coolidge, Florence, Eloy, Casagran, Into the whole world. <laughs> the mission field's out there. Wanting to use you. And me. What an amazing thing that God does. John 3.16, one of the most recognized verses in the Bible, reminds us that by believing in Jesus, God's only Son, we are set free from our sins and have gained eternity in heaven. 
God's love for us, His creation, caused Him to allow all the sin of the earth to be placed on the shoulders of His Son. Jesus then took the punishment for those sins, dying a painful death, just so that we wouldn't be separated from Him. Our prayer is that as Pastor Eric continues teaching through the book of John, you will grow deeper in your relationship with Jesus. If you've been touched by this series or you'd like to know more about Jesus, please give us a call at 520-723-7047. We'd love to share the freedom you can have with a personal relationship with Jesus. That number again is 520-723-7047. You can also connect with us by visiting our website at gracetothehearers.com where you'll also discover more about this ministry and find resources to enhance your study of God's Word. If, like many, social media is part of your everyday life, be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We also have a YouTube channel where you'll find many videos of past messages from Pastor Eric's verse-by-verse study of the Bible. Find all this and more at our website, gracetothehearers.com. With that, our time has come to a close today. Pastor Eric will return soon with his continuing verse-by-verse study in the book of John right here on Grace to the Hearers.